I never dreamed how much I would actually enjoy podcasting. When it was first suggested to me, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated by the thought. But when I found Anchor, I quickly realized how easy this was going to be. Anchor provides me with the tools to record and edit right within their program. I don't need additional software. I didn't even need to know how to distribute the podcast because they do it all for me. I would not be where I am today as a podcaster without Anchor. It's all you need and completely free. If you are looking to get started, download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hear so many people say, my therapist doesn't have a clue about narcissism and especially covert narcissism. You know, they, they say, well, I try to talk to them about what's going on and they just don't get it. They try to give me, you know, ways to approach the conversation better or ways to do this or to do that. They don't understand the situation. And these people go to therapy for years and they just seem to make no progress in healing. And, and I was blessed. I, I was so blessed to have found a therapist that truly understood narcissism. In fact, it was the first therapist that I ever went to regarding my marriage. And he was such a huge help to me. But I know many of you are struggling to find that help you need from someone who gets it. Because so many people are struggling to make progress in their healing, I want to give you two tools that helped me so much in my healing journey. These tools came from the work that I did with my therapist combined with the massive amount of research that I was doing. You know, one thing I have learned is that no one learns as much about narcissism as the one who is living it. You know, you see the, the memes that say, you know, I didn't realize that my marriage, um, my marriage certificate was going to turn into a psychology degree. It is crazy how much research and, and reading and watching videos and all of this that goes into trying to figure out what's going on in your home. I'm Renee Swanson, your host and creator of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. Covert narcissistic abuse leaves deep, deep wounds. And, and it creates an environment, actually, where you join the abuser in hurting yourself. Let me say that again. It actually creates an environment where the victim often joins the abuser in hurting themselves. And let me explain what I mean here. You accept the blame. They, they manipulate you so much and turn everything so much that, and they point all that blame at you and you accept it. You're joining your abuser. You accept the guilt that they throw at you. You accept the responsibility. Okay, I got to fix this. I got to do this. I got to do that. Again, you join that abuser in turning uh, the abuse to yourself. You work so incredibly hard to be perfect. That's abusive. You lose touch with who you are just to keep this abuser happy. How many of you? You know, we've talked about it. You lose touch with who you are just to keep this person happy. And by the way, you fail at that too because it's not possible. You believe what they say or you at least question if they're right. You know, you, so you doubt yourself. You, the amount of doubt that a victim of covert narcissism goes through, self-doubt, is incredibly high. And these are all ways that we actually join the abuser 
and abusing ourselves. And that's part of why covert narcissism is so incredibly dangerous. You know, if you're with an overt narcissist and, and they hit you, you know, somebody who's physically abusive and they punch you, you're not going to then punch yourself too. Like, it's very clear that this was physical abuse. They hit me and, and now I'm the victim. But with a covert narcissist, they, they turn all the blame at you, they turn all the guilt at you, and, and those, those shots of blame and shots of guilt, you start throwing them at yourself too. And, and so you, it's like you're punching yourself. They punch you in the nose and so you decide, okay, that's fun, and you punch yourself too. It, it's, a, it's a very unique situation. But you actually are joining the abuser in abusing yourself. And so not only are you full of wounds, you know, wounds that are, that are created by your abuser, wounds that are created by yourself, you also reach a level of exhaustion that is like no other. It is such a painfully deep exhaustion, bone dry, absolutely nothing left in the tank. And I've been there and I've worked with many, many people who are there. And, and so I, I get it, you know, it's, it's an exhaustion like no other. There, you have nothing left, nothing left to say, nothing left to do, nothing left to feel, to think. There's just nothing left. So I want to give you two tools that helped so much to turn that around for me. Two tools that, that put me on a path of healing and, and I needed it so badly. Like I said, I had nothing left in my tank and, and I needed some help turning this around. And I, I named these two tools. One is energy burn and the other is an imagination burst. So we're going to talk about both of those. So an energy burn, the energy burn has to do with the fight or flight response. Now, um, if you've done any research into narcissism, you've learned about the fight or flight response. It is, and even if you haven't, maybe it is something you're familiar with. A fight or flight response is when you are in a traumatic situation and the stress hormones kick in to save you. Now, these are not bad things. You know, this is how people escape, you know, from a bear that's chasing them or people who escape from an intruder that's, that's broken into their home or how they escape from, from a fire. If their house is on fire, these are actually even ways that, that you hear, um, you know, a, a man picking a car up because his child is trapped underneath it. And you think, how in the world was he strong enough to pick that car up? Well, it's because of the fight or flight response. You, you, you recognize this situation of intense danger and intense fear and your body kicks in with these stress hormones that make you stronger, they make you more focused, they make you more determined. All of these things are beneficial to you in a life-threatening situation. The problem comes when we're dealing especially with a covert narcissist. You find yourself in this traumatic situation and the stress hormones kick in, but you don't burn them. You don't use them. You know, if you're fleeing from a bear, your stress hormones kick in for you to use them and you use them. You run from the bear. And when you get away, all of that energy has been spent. And so it doesn't, it doesn't build up inside of you. But when you're in a situation where you're dealing with covert abuse, 
you can't spend that energy. That energy kicks in and you want to fight or flight or you know you, you want to deal with this. You want to punch something. You want to scream and yell and you cannot because um, you know many of you understand this, but, but if you're in a situation with covert abuse, if you do kick in that response like that, the situation gets worse. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that more. I'll go into more detail here on that in just a minute. So, so the fight or flight response is a good response, but when you are living with it, especially if you're living with it daily, you know, 100% of your time, those stress hormones are kicking in and they got nowhere to go, nowhere to spend that energy. You are building up a massive amount of energy inside of you and that energy is dangerous to you. It creates huge amounts of inflammation um, and it becomes places in your body where you are vulnerable to disease and sicknesses and injuries that I hear so many victims having later in life. So signs of the fight or flight uh, syndrome, your gut tightens up. It's that feeling in your belly of, of just, oh no, you know, here we go again. It, it's like, you know, if you're running from that bear, what what's actually happening is your digestive system shuts down so that you're not pouring any blood of your body into the digestive tract right this moment. All of your blood is available for fleeing from that bear. Well, if you're dealing with this living in the household with a covert narcissist, your digestive system is going to shut down repeatedly. This is not healthy for you. Again, this is an environment you're living in on a daily basis. It's not a once in a lifetime event of fleeing from an intruder in your home. Your heart rate elevates, your blood pressure increases. These create obvious long-term problems. Um, you get sweaty and clammy and nervous and tense and you have that sinking feeling in your stomach and you get edgy and all of these things are things that that kick into gear on that fight or flight response and when the trauma is abuse from a loved one these stress hormones they still kick in but that action like i was talking about a minute ago the action is not permitted you can't fly into action running away or screaming or fighting and hitting back you know you can't do this when he's being confrontational and abusive because it escalates then. This, this creates such a big problem. Or if you do react, now you're just giving them tools to go, see, look at what I'm living with. You're a lunatic. You know, it, it, it's just a situation where you are trapped. And, or, or like when he asks you a question that you know he will not like the answer to. You can't react by, by screaming and yelling or, or kicking and fighting. You can't do it. Um, when you have to talk with him about something that you know he's going to react to. That's, it just puts a pit in the bottom of the stomach. Um, another one for me was really bad is, is when, he's a or, I'm sorry, when he's verbally abusing your child. That one was really hard for me because it wasn't the situation where I could come in and be the rescuer because I knew it would just make things worse. And so that fight or flight response inside of you just builds up. It just builds up over and over and over. And you're forced to internalize all of this. You know, you're forced to just just put it inside, close it up, and, and leave it there. And these stress hormones that do not get released, they get stored in your body. And as they're stored, they're waiting to be spent. It's energy that's waiting to be needed. It's waiting for a release. And that release comes as a trigger. All of a sudden, this tiny little trigger of some, some small thing can cause this massive reaction from you. And you go, where in the world did that come from? Well, where it came from was the years of, of abuse and the years of, of you know, bottling up that energy inside of you. So the reaction, it's not to that small thing that just happened. 
The reaction is rather caused by the release of all those stress hormones that have accumulated inside your body and releasing them is something you must do. That stored up energy must be used. It does not matter how long it's been stored there. I mean, the longer it's been stored there, the more dangerous it is to your health. You've got to spend it. So how? How do we spend that energy? Well, I want to teach you that. It's called an, I call it an energy burn. I want you to remember, I'm going to just give you an example of how this works. I want you to remember one situation in the past, in your past, that created this fight or flight response in you. You know, maybe it's a situation um, where, where he was being verbally abusive to you. Maybe a situation where he was being verbally abusive to your child. Uh, whatever the situation is, get one specific situation. It could be a big thing. It could be a small thing. This is just an example of how this works. And make it only one. I, don't, I, I know you've got thousands. I know. I do too. Find one. And um, now I want you to choose one form of a physical activity, something that burns energy, something that burns calories. It can be a workout. It can be walking, running, swimming, aerobics, punching a bag, dancing, anything that's going to make you sweaty and, and burning energy. So don't pick something like, you know, reading a book or taking a hot bath or, um, you know, gardening. I want something that's going to burn calories in you. Now, here's what you do. You go back to that memory and you place your mind back in that situation. And as hard as it is, you let those feelings return. You feel that intensity inside of you. You feel that desire to, to, to fight or to flee. And while keeping these feelings very present inside of you, do your activity. I want you to mentally equate. This is like a little mind game here. You are putting together the energy that is trapped inside of you with the activity and the burn that you are doing. Connect the two. Feel the energy as you burn it. Feel your body release it. Feel it coming out in the sweat. Feel it coming out in, in your, you know, you, you get short of breath and, and you're breathing and, and, and reaching for oxygen inside your body. If you're running, running's a really good one because that really relates to the fight or flight syndrome. So if you're going to go for a run, Find that one time that you feel like you really need to let go of this one. You know, find that one and go run for a while and let yourself burn that energy. Some things will only require one time with this. You know, you might be able with right off the bat to release so much energy from that situation uh, that you don't necessarily need to do it again, but others, they're going to require more. Um, some are going to need, like I said, shorter effort or less effort, while others are going to require more effort. Now, don't do this every time you exercise, every time you work out, every time you go jogging. You have to have times of working out that are just healthy and, and happy moments. And we're going to talk about that more in just a minute. But do this like once a week, something, you know, if it feels good to you, do it every other day. Something where you can start burning that energy. The difference it makes is huge. And, and as you get better at identifying your own fight or flight response, you also get better at not allowing that energy to be stored inside you anymore. Now, as you start to experience that fight or flight response, you will have tools as to how to, how to handle it and ways that you can burn that energy quickly so that it doesn't stay stored in you very long. So new things, if you're still in that relationship and new things are still happening, immediately identify it and later that day go ahead and go ahead and do an energy burn so that that one doesn't get long-term occupancy inside of you. 
All right, so that's one. That's one tool, an energy burn. The other one is called imagination burst. That's what I call it. And it is so extremely useful, but it's a very different approach to your healing. Your own imagination is extremely effective in dealing with all the pain that is inside of you. And if you stay with these intense emotional burns all the time, you will actually exhaust yourself and go crazy. That's why I'm saying, don't do this every time you exercise. If you exercise daily, don't do this daily. Do it at very specific times for you. You go, you know, pick a day that you go, this day, I will do an energy burn. The other days, I'm just going to exercise. I'm just going to work out. All right. So you, you just simply can't maintain that, that in, the intense emotional emotions all the time. So this is that break. An imagination burst is really definitely a break from the energy burn. I want you to use your imagination. And I want you to imagine what it would be like for you right now if none of that abuse had ever actually happened in your life. Imagine who you would be right now if you had not gone through all of this. What would you be doing? What would you be thinking? Who would you be? How would you be spending your time and your energy? Now, don't confuse this with trying to live in denial. That is absolutely not what I'm asking. Um, and it, it, you are not trying to convince yourself that none of that abuse happened. That abuse happened. That is not the point of all of this. You know without a doubt all the abuse that you have suffered. This is using your imagination to your advantage, to push you to better places, because at some point you want to be able to leave all of that abuse behind you. It is consciously taking a break from all that hard work of processing the emotions and looking at your life you know, and your past so that you can deal with all the emotions from it and move forward. Yes, you've got to do that work. Absolutely. But you also have to allow your heart and your mind to rest. You have to take some times where you let your mind rest and just enjoy who you are. But in order to do that, you have to find who you are. So, so you have to take those times, you know, take a day, you've got a, a day off or you've got an afternoon off or something. Take, take an hour of your time. And in that time, I want you to not think about narcissism, not think about the abuse that you've been through. I want you to do the complete opposite. I've asked you to, you know, with the energy burn to put that time and energy into all that abuse. Now I'm asking you to take that time also to step completely and a hundred percent away from it. During that time, you ask yourself, how would I spend my time if I wasn't so wrapped up in all of that? How would I spend this hour? I have one hour. How would I spend it? And then spend it that way. You know, if it's gardening, then garden. But don't garden with your mind thinking about narcissism. Garden with your mind thinking about gardening. If it's go visit a friend, then go visit a friend. But don't visit that friend talking about narcissism. Not at this point. You can talk about it some other time. But be specific to set aside a period of time that narcissism does not exist in your world. You need that break. You've got to take it. You've got to take that time to step away from that. Now, create a cycle with this. Both of these tools are needed in the healing process. They were life changers for me. Get into the cycle of using both of these tools. And there's no one right way to use them. 
So experiment with them. You know, find a rhythm that works for you. They complement each other extremely well because as you do the work of the energy burn, that imagination burst will give you more of a picture of who you want to be as the hard work pays off. And so rather than doing the energy burn with no direction, this gives you a target, a goal. It gives you inspiration and hope because you start learning more of who you are and who you want to be. It helps you to see that you will make it through this and that there is life and happiness after narcissistic abuse. Again, I say experiment with these two things. The energy burn can be quite intense. So, so just be aware of that and, and follow it with an activity that brings you back to a happier place. You know, give yourself some time after it to, to kind of recover because that one can be really, really intense. Um, other things that you could use, you know, things that you could do after an energy burn is go, you know, go for a walk, spend time with a good friend, maybe tell them what you just experienced. If it's somebody you really trust, um, take a hot bath, do the gardening, uh, cuddle with a pet. If you have a pet, that's a good time to love on a pet is when you're kind of recovering from that energy burn. The imagination burst, you can use that anytime. You know, I have found that one to be extremely effective, effective in the mornings. I, I use it every day. The energy burn, I wouldn't recommend every day, but the imagination burst, absolutely every day. Uh, I did it for a few minutes in the morning every day. And I mean, a few minutes, five or ten minutes, but every day. And it was an extremely inspiring uh, a way to start my day. And it definitely was a, gave me goals and, and some put me in some direction of where I wanted to go. True healing can only come from within you. No one can do it for you. Those close to you, they can love you and they can support you, but they cannot do this for you. Healing from covert narcissism is a tough journey. I get it. It's hard, but you have to take these steps or all you're going to do is keep all that energy bottled up inside of you and you are going to pay the price with your own health. The process of healing is amazing. The journey, it's hard. I got you on that. I, I agree. But it is so incredibly amazing. It will make you stronger, freer, and happier. So reach out to me. Let me know how you're doing. I'd love to hear from my audience. You can reach out through Facebook or email. Either way is fine. If you haven't found me on Facebook, I'm Renee Swanson. I also um, have a, a, a Facebook support group called Covert Narcissism Group. We're going to be starting to talk about some of this in there as well. So remember, you are stronger than you think you are. And I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.